listening to the Go and Tell Gals podcast, and I'm your host, Jess Conklin. In most of our episodes, we'll have a guest, a woman who is running on mission right where she's at. We pray this podcast leaves you encouraged and spurred on to go and tell the good news. Hey gals, I wonder if you like meeting people that you have a lot in common with. I do. I love many people I have a lot in common with. And today's guest is someone I have so many incredible things in common with. It's a little astounding. And I'm excited to share that with you. But more than that, I'm excited to share the message of her newest book with you as we talk about the difference between being nice and polite, the difference between being nice and kind, the difference between being a kingdom Christ follower and a follower of the ways of this world. So join me on this episode of the Go and Tell Gals podcast as we talk to Sharon Miller about her new book. Hello, friends. We are kicking back off our interviews for the fall. And one of these first interviews is my absolute favorite I think we're going to have all fall. I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now. It is my friend, Sharon Miller, who I'm just starting to get to know. And listen, we are figuring out we have a ton of stuff in common. I don't know that Mm -hmm. there's anyone else in the world that I have so many big things in common with. (laughs) (laughs) So tell everybody a little about you, your life, what's going on, and I'll, I'll fill in the blanks of, you know, some of the things I love about you. Yeah, so I have a church plant (laughs) with my husband, and our church is called Bright City Church. I love it. And for anyone who hasn't heard the story, it's really funny. We, when we were praying about our church plant, we had visited Charleston because that's where, did I tell you that's where we got engaged? Did you know that? You did tell me that. Yes. Yes. Charleston is very special to us. And so we'd gone to Charleston and that was a, just a time of prayer and like asking God for clarity. And while we were there, we visited your church and you guys were kicking off a series called Bright City. And that was for us in the middle of us praying for a name for our church. And we were like, this is it. Bright City Church. And then right around the time that we were about to announce, you guys announced that you were rebranding as Bright City Church. And at that time, you and I didn't know each other. Yeah. And so I remember, I don't even know if I told you this, but I remember when you guys announced that you were rebranding. Because we had, when we visited your church, we had kind of ducked in and out. I think we had like brunch reservations or something. (laughs) Um But I remember thinking, gosh, you know, I really hope that this is how God makes Jess and I friends. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, and we we didn't know each other, but I definitely knew who you were. And I knew you specifically from Twitter because if you don't know, Sharon's a big deal on Twitter. Like you're a big deal. I feel like (laughs) people love hearing your wisdom there. And I mean, I, I feel like you were faithful to Twitter in a few years where a lot of us kind of left it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Twitter can be a dumpster fire sometimes, but we have Bright City Church. Ours is brand new. It's less than a year old. And then I'm from Charlotte, like you. And what we also discovered is that we grew up in the same neighborhood. Yes. <laughs> That's so crazy. <laughs> and went to the same elementary school. 
So I'm trying to think if I'm missing. Those are the big points. I mean, the first time we had dinner, obviously, I know we both had churches named Bright City. We both lead Mm -hmm. our churches with our husbands, which Mm -hmm. is not a wildly individualistic, but there's not a ton of people, I feel like, doing doing husband wife teams Uh -uh. together right now. And especially in the circles we run in. Mm -hmm. And we're both authors, which I... I, it's just a very interesting balancing both of these worlds of the local church and it really is book writing and traveling. But then mm-hmm. when we were having dinner and we realized we went to the same elementary school and lived in the same neighborhood growing up, that was mm-hmm. too much. Like that was too yeah. far. <laughs> that was so strange. I love so it. We weren't meant to be friends. I think that's the, the moral of the story. We were meant, we were meant to, be, to friends. be friends. And so I'm glad yeah. that I finally found you. Well, I just, it's so interesting. Um, and I want to tell this story. I didn't tell you I was going to tell this, but I, I've told other people, it's, it's so interesting how God just also has given me such an esteem for you. I mean, that I, that's going to sound like, of course I would esteem you. You're amazing. But um, I don't know. I've, do you ever have people that you feel like God just shines a spotlight on them and then says like, this girl, I love her. I love her, love her. And I... I don't know. I have such a love for you in my heart. And so the story I want to tell that just meant so much to me was the day after Easter this year, I was in a very interesting little pit of fear and spiritual confusion. Just something had happened that had left me very confused. And if you ever have a moment like that, you know, you could probably text 30 friends or you could go to somebody's house and say like, help me feel better, help me feel better. But it feels most important to go to the Lord and say, help me process this. And so I was going to the Lord, but I said, God, if you would just send one person that I could really trust to talk to about this and not three seconds later, you texted me and I thought, God, I'm so grateful. Like you continually have put her in my path and I, I just love your wisdom. I love your sincerity. I love your heart for God and your heart for God's word. And it just feels like such a gift to get to know you and to get to be in ministry at the same time as you, because you're just the real deal. And I'm super blessed by it. Well, I feel exactly the same way about you, and I'm I'm really grateful this year has brought your friendship, mm-hmm. and I'm really humbled by everything that you said. No, I mean it. Okay, let's dive in. I am dying to talk about your new book. I mean, I cannot wait to talk about this. I've shared this on the podcast before. I'm a little bit of an Amazon stalker, so if I know friends are having books coming out or you know, I just like to like scour and see like what new books are coming out. Because if you didn't know, lots of books are posted on Amazon months and months and months before they come out. And I think I saw your book like months before you said anything to me about it or before I got it in the mail, because I just found the cover online one day and I was like, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) This is a book we need. Oh, that makes me so glad. So tell us (laughs) everything about it. Okay, so the book is called Nice, Why We Love to Be Liked and How God Calls Us to More. And I think, I don't think you've gotten the like book book yet. I haven't, no. So the book book, when you get it, that word nice will be in gold foil, Mm. which I'm really excited about because it's just really symbolic (laughs) of what this book is about. But the backstory of it is in my first book, Free Me, I had this little paragraph where I was looking back on my my childhood and I was raised in the church and I was this really good Christian girl. 
and I obeyed my parents. I, you know, did all the right things. I was an achiever. I was, you know, in church, you know, all that. And I could look back and I could see that at some point in time, my motives and my identity were actually really unclear Mm -hmm. because being a good kid, being a nice Christian kid was actually really rewarding. Like Mm -hmm. it got me a lot of things. It got me, you know, affirmation. It got me approval. You know, it, it won me things. And so I could look back and I could see that I wasn't totally sure was I being, you know, a good kid, was I being so nice all the time because I love Jesus so much or was I being nice because it got me things. Hmm. And so I looked back and I could just see this confusion in my motivations as a kid and really just growing up. But I could also see that that mixed motivation had followed me into my adulthood and it had followed me into ministry. Hmm. And one of the ways that it showed up, and, and you know this, Jess, like this hits home, is we both know that there's a lot of rewards, there's a lot of benefits if you are just really upbeat and yeah. really positive and you talk about Jesus but not like the hard things. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I feel this and I have felt this, especially when there's been stuff going on in the world. And like with my blog, there were times where I thought, you know, this is happening in the world right now. And, and God's word has something to say about it. Mm -hmm. But if I write about this, if I speak about this, will people not like me anymore? Like, will people say I'm distracting from the gospel? Will people accuse me of kind of stepping outside of my lane? Mm. And so I wrestled with speaking about some things that Jesus talks about because I didn't want to let go of this nice girl image that had served me really well. And when I realized that I, it was a, it was really eye-opening for me And it just caused a lot of soul searching. And and over time, I just realized that there is this nice Christianity that we can disciple ourselves into. And it looks a lot like the real thing, but the fruit is bad. Yeah. Yeah. And I, the more I examined myself, the more I, you know, was looking at the church and, and Jesus says this, he says, you will know a tree by its fruit. Yeah. And as I was looking at, you know, in my pursuit of niceness, this image when I'm really good at looking good, what are the bad fruit that it has borne in my Mm. life? And I saw fruit of inauthenticity. Mm. I saw fruit of cowardice. I think that is what that wrestling was with, you know, speaking boldly on things that God calls us to speak on. I could see cowardice. I think it bears fruit of corruption where we we're sort of okay with a family member. We're okay with a friend or we're okay with a leader so long as they are nice to us. It bears fruit of self-righteousness, sentimentality, where we're all about a faith that feels good, and then even surprisingly cynicism. And so I was looking at these these bad, bad fruit that it bears, and I thought, you know, it's important to name these. We need to name these. And then we need to think through how do we cultivate a better tree. And so that is a very long answer to your question. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so good. It's interesting. Just in the last year, I've I've started to have this conversation mostly just inside my head, but mm-hmm. I notice sometimes it pops out where I've started to ask the question like what's the difference between kind and nice mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. What's the difference between polite and loving? Mm-hmm. And especially, obviously, where we live in the South, this feels like a spiritual stronghold. Oh, girl. <laughs> this idea yeah. of mm-hmm. politeness and mm-hmm. niceness. Mm-hmm. And not only is it a spiritual stronghold, but it feels like, I'm going to use strong words, like it it just feels like an absolute tool of the enemy to distract yeah. from mm-hmm. the gospel and from actually loving people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that distinction between niceness and kindness, one of the things I write about in the book, there was another book that was really helpful to me by a guy named Barry Corey. And he has a book called Love Kindness, I think is what it's called. And he made this distinction that I've never forgotten. It was so helpful to me. He said that niceness has soft edges and also a soft core. It's just very, very squishy. And then harshness has hard edges and hard core, but kindness has those soft edges, you know, the same as niceness, but it has a firm core. And so it has those soft edges of gentleness and, you know, being loving, but it also has a spine. Wow. It is driven by conviction. And that's the difference. I think kindness, and and this is what we learned from Christ, is that kindness for him was ultimately motivated out of love for others. And so he was willing to press into those hard conversations and he was willing to count the cost, whereas niceness is ultimately, it's motivated by self. It's really Mm -hmm. about us. It's how Mm -hmm. do I preserve, you know, the peace in this relationship, even if this person probably needs truth spoken to them, I would rather just keep the peace with them. And that, that is ultimately self-serving. I think to some extent, we don't want to hurt people's feelings, but kindness counts the cost. We are going to press in and we are going to be gentle. We are going to be loving. But I, I think something that quickly reveals the difference between niceness and kindness is how we respond when that loving approach is not reciprocated. Wow. And so niceness, when you're nice and then someone isn't nice to you in return, it flips just so fast. You're a hundred percent right. <laughs> Into how could they treat me that way? You know, I was so nice to them, but kindness is prepared to persevere in love. Mm-hmm. And so that distinction has has really helped me a lot. Wow. I love that. You're a hundred percent right. That's such a good teller of niceness when mm-hmm. it's not reciprocated. It just, it just flips. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nick and I were on vacation last week for our anniversary and we were in this small mountain town and we went to a restaurant and they happened to be having trivia night and it seemed mm-hmm. like everyone in the entire town was at the restaurant. So no one could get a table. Mm-hmm. And we had been waiting probably, you know, 40 minutes or so, but we weren't stressed. We had no kids with us. Like, we didn't mm-hmm. And there was another family nearby. All adults, like, they didn't have any kids with them, but they were fed up with waiting. And Nick and I just watched as the, the matriarch of the family, seemingly, went to the hostess and with a huge smile plastered on her face and with a very sweet voice she said like 
you know, you should probably tell people that it's trivia night and so no one's actually going to leave and you should probably warn people that they're going to be waiting a lot longer than an hour and so we're going to actually go. We're pretty disappointed. And I <laughs> obviously I've lived with this out a long time. I've I'm very used to this southern lady characteristic uh-huh. thing of like, you know, but when Nick and I were so marked by it, we couldn't stop laughing. We were like, why in the world did uh-huh. she think like saying something so passive aggressive mm-hmm. with a smile mm-hmm. was necessary? Like uh-huh. she's obviously yeah. disappointed. She's obviously frustrated. Like mm-hmm. why smile? It just so, <laughs> so hilariously interesting. I think the reason why this book is so necessary is because it's going to cut to the heart of like, number one, like that's, that's not even nice. Like sister, you're not being nice. Like you're not even being kind, you are not even being loving. Uh, Mm -hmm. But also like, why, Mm -hmm. why anyhow? So it's going to get at some motives for a lot of us, I believe. But what I perceive about the book too, is that it's also really logistical and and helpful giving women tools Mm -hmm. to actually walk in some of that God-given, Christ-given kindness. Yeah. Well, that was something that I wrestled with. Like initially the, the seed of the idea for the book was naming these, these bad fruits. But then when I was trying to decide where would I go from there, you know, what would be the second half? Cause you can't just say, you know, I see this and everything's terrible. <laughs> I really wanted to give people tools. That's really important for me is to give people tools. Like what's the now what? And at first I thought if I start with these bad fruit, then I need to end with what are, what are better fruit? You know, what are the fruit of the spirit? And I I thought I could kind of contrast those things. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that's missing a lot of steps. Mm. And I think that that's unfortunately how we talk about bearing fruit in the church. I remember the other day I was on Instagram, I think, and I saw someone was wearing and maybe selling a shirt that said, the front of it said, be brave, be kind. Mm. And I, I am all for courage. I'm all for kindness. I talk about both of them in the book, but realizing that that's not how fruit grows. You know, you don't yell at a tree grow apples. You know, you have to cultivate those fruits. And that's something that I've honestly even become convicted of as a parent lately, because ever since I wrote this book, I've been really a lot more careful about my words where, because it's so easy to just say, be nice. You know, when what I really mean is be patient or be generous, be kind, that kind of a thing. But I noticed in myself, I was saying to my kids a lot, I want you to be kind. I want you to be generous. But then realizing I'm not giving them the tools for that. You know, they're not just going to magically become generous people just because I tell them to be over and over and over again. Hmm. And I think that's one of the missing pieces in discipleship a lot of times is we know that we are supposed to bear these good fruit, but we don't really know how. And so that horticulture metaphor that Jesus uses, I found to be really helpful in thinking through, okay, well, what principles did God write into nature to teach us how to cultivate better fruit? And so that really is the second half of the book is not what are the better fruit, but how do we cultivate better fruit? How do we cultivate a better tree? Mm. And a lot of it is rooted in honestly, spiritual disciplines. I try and make it really, really simple, but I think that those are practices that have been kind of lost and I wanted to bring them back in, but I'm also really sensitive to the fact that a lot of people that 
you and I are speaking to, that term spiritual discipline sounds really scary and really intimidating. Yeah. Or just some other religion or something like that. Yeah. And so I wanted to write it in a way where it almost felt like I'm going to take you by the hand and I'm going to make this feel as practical as possible in the same way that if you're trying to keep a plant alive, if you're trying to grow a garden, that someone would walk you step by step and show you this is how you grow better fruit. And yeah. so that's that's my hope for that second half of the book. Mm, I love that. I love that so much. Hey friends, you might have heard me talk recently about Dear Heart Designs. They're a jewelry and accessory company that I've just come in contact with that I am loving. They make incredible, beautiful pieces of jewelry that also give back to women around the world. Every single month, they choose from a pool of applicants that are in need of support or funding for their mission trips, their adoptions, or just unpaid causes. And a portion of every single purchase from that month goes back to support the selected woman on mission. They've helped, again, pay for adoptions, for mission trips, and just a variety of other needs around the world. I love their passion for creating handcrafted, intentionally designed jewelry that equips women to spread the love of Jesus around the world. And I also love they're giving you guys a discount code. You can use the code JESS15 to get 15% off your first order from DearHeartDesigns.com. Okay, well, the book comes out August 20th. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. But tell the gals what they get when they pre-order it. Yeah, so I think by the time this comes out, the pre-order gifts should be available. And there's a couple things I'm really, really excited about. There's going to be a discount to a store here in Raleigh called The Flourish Market. Ooh. And I love the flourish market it's actually where i am having my book launch event yes and if anyone who's listening is in the raleigh Durham area that's going to be on august 20th and you can feel free if you go to my my instagram the link is in my profile it's a free event that i am doing with my friend emily sexton who is the ceo of the flourish market and then my friend molly stillman who she's just a uh, ethical fashion advocate and the flourish market though they're just this beautiful beautiful store where they have ethical fashion and they advocate for women the thing that's really cool about this store is the back part of their store they just got a new space they also have a shared workspace exclusively for women mm. and so Emily is just doing some really really neat things in Raleigh and so I'm excited to just spotlight her but the the store every time I go to the store it's where I get all my teacher gifts every time I go to the store I'm just like take all my money because it's, it's I love it's, it adorable it's so like Emily is adorable it's just the trendiest cutest store so there's going to be a discount to flourish market and then there's also going to be a discount to another store in Raleigh called design for joy which is doing something similar they're making their own products and I have a lot of their stuff that I love and then the final big pre-order gift is a study guide that will go with nice and I had some help putting this study guide together and it is awesome like for a free study guide it is awesome i'm super duper excited about that and so that's going to be available to everyone who pre-orders nice so 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 good hey our generation needs this book we really need it (laughs) (laughs) 
friends, please do yourself a favor. Go pre-order Nice. Go pre-order one for your friend as well, just because we're going to need pals to walk through this together. And I believe on the other end of it, we're going to look more like Jesus. So I'm just so grateful for your work. I'm so grateful that you could join us today. And we love you and we're praying for you, Sharon. Thank you, Jess. I love you too.